0: Seattle, Seattle, and you need to buy a seller
1: Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at Hey,
0: you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 576 now of the Ron and Don Show, and yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, 1.4 million years ago, I've been reading a book that Ron gave me. Were we actually eating each other? Yeah, you might find this story to be a little... Disturbing. Also, some good news finally about the planet is we're watching everything that's happened to us in Seattle over the past couple of years with wildfires, all that smoke drifting our way. Have you seen it in the Midwest, New York City? It's crazy what's happening there, you guys. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. This does not come as a surprise to me that U.S. pedestrian deaths are at an all-time high. If you've listened to this show before, you know that I love to hustle when I'm in a pedestrian crosswalk. Before I step into the crosswalk, I always make eye contact with the other motorist. I'll give them a wave and thanks. If they've been sitting there for a minute, then I do a little... I do a little... It's kind of a show that I put on because to be honest with you, I probably speedwalk about as fast as I jog, but I will go from the speedwalk into kind of the fake jog with the wave to show that I'm hustling for them because I have a great appreciation when people hustle for me when they, when they step into the crosswalk. It's a different age though, and I know I'm not going to change it. I cannot. I would say nine out of ten times when I see people step into a pedestrian crosswalk. And my son now sits up in the front seat, not the back seat because he's tall enough. So we go over this from time to time. And we've been talking about the fact that in a couple of years from now, he's going to be driving. And I said, you know, the quickest way to go to jail for a good eight to 10 years is to kill a pedestrian when they're in the crosswalk. And I said, watch people that aren't paying attention when they walk in the, when they step in the crosswalk. A lot of times they're looking at their device. And they're walking very, very slowly. So, I'm not going to apologize for this. I started honking at pedestrians. This started happening when I was in New York City. When you're in New York City, it's not personal, but you get honked at for everything. And usually the person that's honking at you... They are right. And I mean, it's bus drivers. It's garbage, men, It's cops. It's deliveries. So everybody's honking at everyone. Don't be like a nun. <laughs> I want to bring the honk to Seattle, Washington. Let's not sit there and be passive aggressive. Let's get on that horn and send some signals to these pedestrians. Hey, pay attention because the bottom line is this. I don't want to miss you at some point. I end up hitting you. And now I'm in the Who's car? The, Grey Bar, the Grey Bar Hotel for an eight to 10 years. You better be careful because you have a lot of people that are on their phones in their cars and you have a lot of pedestrians that are in their cars. And as a result of that, it doesn't surprise me, Ron, that pedestrians know? all over the country are dying at the highest rate that we've ever seen. What say you?
2: I I was, um, one thing jumped out to me in this story that made me realize maybe why, because you and I are very much the same way in the, the regard of like, at least pretend like you are hustling, at least like give some sort of notice. Did you look at the deadliest state in the union in terms of per capita pedestrian deaths? Did you see what was number 50? What was it? New Mexico. Oh, yeah. And so in New Mexico, where Don and I grew up, um, they don't mess around. Like, if you're in the crosswalk, like, doesn't matter. Well, they, the
0: speed limit there is not 25, like in Seattle. Right. The streets are very wide. You see this in Phoenix also. Yeah,
2: four or five, six lanes you got to get across. Yeah.
0: And, and, and the speed limit in the city in a lot of places is 45 miles right. an hour. So yeah.
2: it was 50 out of 50. So I think you and I growing up in that city, Sort of trained us to be, you know, head on a swivel. I think if you grew up in Seattle where, you know, people will come to a screeching halt, uh, in the middle of Aurora practically, if someone is trying to walk across the street, that it's a different culture here. And I have a clear memory. You and I lived in Juanita at the time when they first installed the orange flags. They had these orange flags with little holsters on the side of the road. And we thought that was hilarious.
0: And they had those in Kirkland as well. Yeah,
2: they had them in Kirkland and Juanita. And we were like, cause growing up in New Mexico where your life is on the line every time you walk across a road. Yeah, you sprint.
0: You put, you, yeah, you
2: would like, you, you was, put on your track shoes. It's like an 350 truck coming yeah, down the road at 80 miles an hour. But, homie it's, ain't it's, flowing down for you. And so when you and I saw these orange flags on little wooden handles, we thought it was that we would like pull all them out like we were thought it was hilarious well to, the even problem this is you thing. get all the
0: flags on one side of the street right. and, not, and not on the other so what do, you, what do you do you step in the crosswalk over and <laughs> people get mad at you you don't have a flag and you're like well all the flags, all the flags are, are over there so then you get killed trying to distribute the flags to both sides of the but street
2: we thought it was hilarious yeah. we were taking flags I think it's still we hilarious. we're ferrying flags back and forth yeah. uh, we would put all the flags on one side or move the flags between the holsters
0: I think there should be signs where where you show the pedestrian and then and and then it shows them in kind of a jog a little bit and it shows them hustling the pedestrian hustle and then i I do think with all these noises now and i don't know what all the noises mean when i'm in the crosswalk but i'm getting a lot of noises thrown at me yeah wait Uh, why not wait yeah yeah, why not wait hey you got 15 seconds Why don't you hustle it up? Why do why, why aren't we hearing the pace? Why aren't we hearing those things?
2: You should, that would be better. Wait, 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 pick up the pace (laughs) Holmes.
0: Hey, some good news about the planet coming up in 60 seconds. Hey, one of the things Ron and I really like about Les Schwab is they are always doing the right thing. You've heard us say before, Hey, they've been doing the right thing since 1952. It's true. And the thing I love is they really get involved in the micro communities around here. Cause you know, Seattle, Tacoma, Five, Fremont. What are we? We're just, it's a really cool area where you find 300 cities and towns that are just kind of connected with bridges, water, and mountains. But let's not forget what's happening in Maple Valley for kids. This is pretty cool, Ron.
2: Yeah, on July 22nd, the Valley Girls and Guys at Les Schwab will be having their fifth annual Be the Hope Walk at Summit Park in Maple Valley. It benefits the Valley Girls and Guys Foundation and is uh, dedicated to providing assistance to local families who are impacted by any type of cancer diagnosis. How cool is that? So you can participate and register. It's a 1.8 mile walk. It's 35 bucks. You can go to valleygirlsandguys.org. That's valleygirlsandguys.org. All right. Les Schwab, they've been doing the right thing since 1952.
0: All right. Listen up, Everett in Woodby Island and our friends over on Bainbridge and of course down in the South Sound and over to Wenatchee. What's and up, right up, University Place? Yeah, and right on the east side and of course all our freaky friends in Fremont. You know why I name all these places? Because Ron and Don have the biggest social media following and the biggest podcast of any realtor in the state of Washington and probably in the Pacific Northwest and probably in the country. As a result of that, Everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, well, they're choosing Ron and Don to sell, buy, and invest in real estate. And why do you do that? It's because you trust us with a capital T. And we have a connection from all our years of doing Terrestrial Radio. But Ron, at the end of the day, we still have to step in, do a great job, be phenomenal, and win the deal, right? Yeah, it all
2: starts with the Ron and Don sit down. It's a 30 to 45 minute Zoom call, free of charge, no obligation. We'll meet you, see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at Or you can set it up on the website, RonadonSitdown.com. All
0: right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don show. Again, if you need us, just reach out, ronanddon.com. Uh, dot com. Finally, some some good news about the planet, and I have to say, some of the bad news about the planet is not your fault and my fault. It really is the fault of our parents our grandparents and our great-grandparents, especially when you... I was reading an in-depth article the other day, and I don't know why, uh, about Lake Washington. I love the mapping of Lake Washington, and you can see all the cool stuff that's on the bottom of the lake and why it is. Over 414 Boats and planes are just lying on the bottom of Lake Washington. If you've never been out there in a boat, it's a very deep lake. In some places, over 300 feet deep. That is very, very deep. And did you know, up until a couple of years ago, <laughs> we were just pumping raw sewage into that lake. Just right into and Lake into Washington. The sound. What's that? And into the sound. Yeah. And, 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 and let's face it. Uh, we still are pumping sewage. A lot of places in America directly into... The same, the same bodies of water that we're using to wash our cars, wash our clothes, and sometimes we just add a little chlorine and we drink the stuff. So anyway, there are some. There's some good news about the planet. I have to say, I think we're in better hands with our kids. Uh, I have a ADU and also a backyard cottage at my house. People come from all over the country, and all the rules about recycling are different. And so my garbage gets mixed all the time, and my son insists. And so we have our garbage gloves. Every night before we go out and we know that the garbage man is coming the next day, we go through everybody's garbage with our gloves on, and we try to make sure that we're doing our very best. Do
2: you guys wear nose plugs? Because you and your son are two of the best smellers. Yeah. I'm not even joking. The most acute smell of of anyone I've met in my entire life, I one yep. time I ate too much garlic the night before. Ugh. You could smell me Lord. from eight feet away. You yeah. smelled that garlic.
0: Yeah, we got all kind. Of, we can't go into our garbage secrets, but we have all kinds of clothes that we wear when we're, when we're going. people's Yeah, and ever since we had our friend Charles on, he talked about recycling. I find, I find myself sometimes going to a lot of our different rentals, going through the garbage and and trying to recycle because he said, "Hey." Especially we drink a lot of LaCroix around here, sparkling water. He said those things do get, re- we, we asked him as a recycling expert, what are some of the things that actually get recycled and some of the things that don't? And, and he said those LaCroix cans that, the, that stuff actually gets recycled. So we're trying to make sure we get everything in the right bins. I know that we're still getting it wrong, especially when we go to eat, eat pizza. What is compost? What do you do with the plastic spoon? What do you do if the takeout container is dirty versus clean? There's a lot of things to figure out. And 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 so anyway, I think the good news for the planet is this generation that's coming up, they actually care about the health of the planet. And a lot of that starts with 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 the way that we treat the planet at home when it comes to washing your car or it comes to taking a dump and where that dump goes. So
2: Yeah, I'm glad that you picked this story out. And it comes from Bloomberg News. And a lot of this stuff, uh, or Bloomberg Business Week, um, these are the type of stories that sort of get buried on page three. Like all the fantastical negative stories always lead as we've talked about working in the news business for as long as we did. And so uh, good news stories, for whatever reason, are not viral. They don't spread quickly. Uh, there's not going to be a huge, you know, Facebook push uh, for a story about good news about the planet. I-, I wish there was. I wish the algorithm would prioritize stories like this, because you're right. It does... The, the the stuff it's not sexy though it talks about green jobs it talks about sequestering co2 it talks about technologies for solar and battery power and wind power renewable energies like there's a lot of stuff happening on a global scale that is trying to you know turn this ship of being more efficient as we get a greater and greater population uh, with food and with clothing even something as simple as um, how blue jeans and, and fabrics are produced and how much water is used to make denim, let's say. Like you can get a good news story from a company like Levi's or factories uh, in China that are producing denim, where reducing the amount of water, it's not a sexy story, but reducing the amount of water from, you know, 50 gallons for a piece of fabric down to a gallon for a piece of fabric. That's, those things are huge when you do it at an industrial scale or even, you know, Tesla. You know, providing this infrastructure of the, the battery recharging stations uh, to making something like that open source. It's a giant story that is not a sexy story. And so when you look at the planet right now, yes, there is still a lot of stuff that's in trouble. Yes there's you know like you mentioned before there are wildfires that are happening they're going to have a devastating impact on a lot of communities at the same time we are there are stories that we can be proud of and there are kids like your son that are saying you know what I the buck stops here I'm going to be the one to change my dad. Like I'm going to be the one to make a positive impact in this world. And yes, I like Lacroix, but I'm also going to recycle the can. So like again, not a sexy story, but an important story. And so I'm glad to see someone like Bloomberg saying, "Let's collate 10 or 15 things that are actually going right uh around the world and put that out into the news cycle and see if someone like Ronald Donald talk about it."
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Matt Damon talked about this a lot. He said, when when he would go out during award ceremonies and he'd say the only reason I would go to these award ceremonies because I wanted to talk about clean water and and specifically clean water and educating women all around the world and, and and COVID had a devastating effect. And so did pulling out of places like Iraq and Afghanistan had had a devastating effect upon women and their ability to learn. What's really interesting here in the United States is more women now are college-educated than men are. And and we're doing a better job at seeing women, if they take the off-ramp, to have children, to get back on the on-ramp and continue their careers. Where if you took the off-ramp before to have kids, it was almost impossible to get back on that on-ramp. And it's interesting, because you know what's really suffering right now in this job market are men that are middle-aged and above, that are white, and let's say they're 55 years of age or older, those are the men that are really struggling uh, to find jobs right now, which I find really interesting because really this country was built for middle-aged white guys, and if you don't believe me, just look at a picture of the Senate even now and today. The House of Representatives probably represents us a little bit better as we see more people of color and more women in places of power and influence but certainly not in the Senate that hasn't happened yet. And even when we look at the two presidents right now that are, that are vying for the presidency, we're not talking about these boring stories because the moment you do, no one's going to cover it. It's not going to get clicked. Uh, No one's going to care. They care about who you slept with and if you paid them off. That's what we care about. And and picking on each other and calling each other names. And really, we, we have turned the presidency into the celebrity apprentice. That's what it has become. And that probably started going all the way back to JFK and Ronald Reagan. Imagine if they were running for the presidency during the age of social media. I I don't I don't think that JFK could could be president today because of all the stuff that would be leaked out and all the things that we'd find out. But yeah, these stories about good things happening uh, are not exciting. They don't get clicks. But I do think that this generation of young people, I think they care in a way that maybe we didn't know how to. Uh, so anyway, we will see you on the other side of this story.
2: hey it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.loans Mitch it's interesting as the interest rates have risen many people thought oh well there'll be a bunch of inventory that comes on right at the first part of 2023 and then things will level out that didn't happen inventory remains tight interest rates remain high why would that still be a good time to buy
1: Well, now's a great time to buy, and that's because rates are going to drop, and we're gonna see a feeding frenzy. Right now, there's a huge stagnant hole in the market, and that's that 700K to 1.2-ish million dollar home. And all the people living in those homes right now either refied or bought in a two and a half to three and a half percent rate, and they're terrified to move. They know if they sell their home, they're gonna have to jump into a six, six and a half percent rate and it just won't look as attractive. So what, what's going to happen is rates are going to drop and all those people who've wanted to move, wanted to upsize, wanted to move for whatever reason, you know, people just like to move in life, but they don't move if there's this blocker. And we're going to see that blocker come off. We're going to see the cap come off, and we're going to see a, a bit of a frenzy here.
2: All right, so this would be the time to buy and then replace the rate uh, once it drops with your new program.
1: Yeah, we've got the rate and replace program. You can buy now, and you can refi free of charge, free of the lender fees, um, and we'll take care of those for you, so great deal.
2: All right, check them out online at mitch.loans. It's not a .com. It's mitch.loans.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We were going to talk about the fact I'm reading this great book that Ron gave me. And is it true that we were actually eating each other 1.4 million years ago? I'll just answer the question. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, (laughs) let's push on because we have some freaky news here. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court has just said, Ron, yeah, affirmative action is no longer. According to the United States Supreme Court, what is your say on affirmative action? Because I think a lot of us, uh, as we look at this, have a lot of intense feelings and thoughts about this. In fact, I can remember when I was filling out transcripts, uh, or I'm sorry, collecting transcripts, and I was with, let's see, two of my best friends were Hispanic and one was Native American. We were trying to get into different schools. I had better grades than they had. Uh, I was involved in more stuff. For some reason, I was student of the year at my high school all four years. I was given an award for that, that they actually made my mother pay $12 for. Uh, And when they gave me this award, I didn't know what it was for. And I still kind of don't, but that's what they told me it was for. My name is on the office, 1985 Don O'Neill. And if you go back to my junior high days, my name is still on the board for uh, as a Hoover Hawk for the best standing long jump. Uh, well over eight feet. So anyway, I got to give myself uh, some credit on some of these things, but I think it's really interesting as we look at affirmative action in this country today. As we were filling out applications for school, some of my friends and I think about a friend in particular who's Hispanic. He was able he 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 was able to get into Stanford. And I was not, I got into Brown university. I got into USC. I got into Notre Dame and I sat there and I wondered how come I couldn't get into Stanford. He told me, he's like, Hey, it's cause I'm a Hispanic. And he said, there's a lot more opportunities out there and doors that open for me because of things when it comes to affirmative action. And even my friends that were native American, they had a lot more money that was offered to them. And one of my friends uh he he basically got C's in school all that stuff was paid for uh ron what say you about the u.s supreme court saying hey it's fixed we no longer need affirmative action uh in this country
2: Uh, i'm gonna need to read read a little bit more because i believe this was a case that came out of michigan um there's a couple things that for me are are wrapped up in this narrative one is the way our college system, and this is what we're, the case, I believe, was with the University of Michigan, if, if I remember correctly. So we're talking about college admissions is, is what this case uh, surrounds or revolves around. And, you know, how do we let people into college? The, the underlying thing to me that was, that was always disingenuous is these elite colleges deliberately set themselves up to produce scarcity, so, in other words, like you got into, accepted into Notre Dame. They deliberately keep the class size smaller. Could Notre Dame afford to have more people go to Notre Dame? Of course. Could they hire more teachers and build a couple more classrooms? Could they make their student body double in size if they wanted to? Yeah, so of course the to- they
0: could. At the time, it was 7,000 undergraduate, and there were right. be, be tens of thousands of, uh, of applications. I think the letter I got from Notre Dame said congratulations out of the – out of the final, it's in my nightstand, the final 55,000 applications uh, you've been chosen for the freshman class. And then uh right, so
2: they deliberately keep that number small. Why? Small. Yeah. Because it makes them exclusive. And their
0: endowment is they can massive.
2: They can send out that that stat every year. Oh, yeah. you're in the top one half of one percent and and people feel really good about that, and then they're gonna donate money and become an alum and make endowment bigger, et cetera, et cetera. Stanford, same thing. Yeah. Harvard, all of the big name schools deliberately are in the business. Of not necessarily educating people per se they 're in the exclusivity business, so they want to keep things small, keep things exclusive, keep the velvet rope up so that uh, they can charge astronomical prices, and basically stroke the egos of all the people that do get in and do get that college degree, and say that I did. I went to MIT, I went to Harvard, I went to Notre Dame, and so that that part of the argument is not addressed i don 't think by the Supreme Court. So education if we if we believe in education then education should be available right that, that's what i believe so but i'm not going to be able to change that now let's go the second part of this is the what do you believe about the fairness of america from a macro to the micro level on a micro level your feeling of injustice is entirely real if you're saying i know these other students I've had them in my classes and I've outperformed them on what everyone has told me is the things I need to perform them on. That's a very real thing. When you zoom out to the macro, though, and you go, okay, as a country – have we been fair generationally to these ethnic groups?
0: Yeah, and in my case, Hispanics and, and Native Americans, and the answer is absolutely not. Right. Like, so, I, I, like I got it then, and I get it now. Like I, it doesn't I, feel good, though, I, when you're on the other side of it. At that. the time, it doesn't feel good, but when you educate yourself about it, you're like, okay, I, I get it. I have an advantage that they don't have. I, I, I do have an right. advantage because of the color of my skin and the, and the family that I was born into. So if you're so.
2: making a policy for a country size with 300 400 million people in it and you have to you have to draw some lines somewhere uh, do you think macro that we should draw these lines i still think yes i think that you know especially after we lived in the south we lived in dallas we lived in new orleans for not a, a ton of years but a number of years and you see where you can just literally drive across a certain road. And it's like, I'm on the other side of the track, so to speak.
0: When you go from Metairie to mid cities, as soon as you get into into the the ninth
2: ward, you can go, okay, I get it. Now this was designed by the people in power to keep this this neighborhood and the people that live there at a lower strata. Yeah, the Lower l- Ninth Ward is- Literally a- and figuratively designed to do that. Yeah,
0: the first black people that owned real estate in America was the Lower Ninth Ward in, in New Orleans, and you saw what happened to that during Katrina- uh, it flooded, and the reason it flooded is because it is not at sea level; it's under sea level. And they knew that, and that's so why. That's why the owner of the plantations at that time said, "Yeah, we'll sell you some land. It's some land that that we can't farm, that we can't, and we don't want to live there because when the levees break, we don't want to die." So, so,
2: philosophically, do I believe that the the smartest uh, you know ten percent of the kids that are in the lower ninth ward and have had to overcome way more things that should they be admitted into the finer schools in America? Yes, I believe that. Uh, are their grades and test scores going to be equal to uh, you know the, uh, other populations? No, because that that family probably can't afford to hire a separate SAT tutor. Yeah, that family probably yeah. can't afford the application fees to apply to seventy nine different colleges. That family can't afford to go tour all of these campuses uh, for the, the you know the twenty four months leading up to graduation. That family probably can't afford to send their kid. Uh, off to uh, summer camps and an athlete camp and all of this stuff so if they overcame all that and have comparable grades i do think they deserve a little bit of a nod yeah. um so i'm gonna need to dig a little deeper into this decision from the supreme court um because it, it, it reinforces, in my mind, the bootstrap mentality and mythology of America that isn't really true. And I just think we need to expand education. Yeah.
0: Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ron and Don Show. If you want to get in touch with us and you want to talk broadcasting or real estate or you just want to say, hey. Uh, you can reach out. How do you do it?
2: Yeah, Ron at Ronadon.com. You can go to com. We have some free resources out there. Uh, if you're getting into the real estate game and just want to educate yourself a little bit, we have a buyer's playbook and a seller's playbook that give you a, those really boots on the ground how it really is. Uh, and if that piques your interest, then we can do a sit-down after that.
0: Yeah, buyers and investors pay attention this summer because through the summer months, when kids get out of school they go back to school, there's going to be an opportunity To buy something and I like what Dave Ramsey says go ahead buy the real estate now I like what the sharks say on Shark Tank buy it now buy it now and all you got to do is date that rate and you refinance when these rates come down because they will they're not coming back down to 2.8 but they will come back down they will stabilize you buy now this summer yeah and chances are sometime next year in 2024 when those do come down uh, then you just refinance and then you'll already have some appreciation in that. You pull that appreciation out, go on, go out, buy another property, and boom, you're off to the races. All right? That's how it's done, you guys. And we can help you do that, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right? Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for our real estate-only edition of the Ron and Don Show. It comes up every Friday. And this Friday, we'll be talking about buying a home and then adding value and forcing appreciation. In fact, we have three clients that are in the midst of doing that right now. A lot of times our real estate transactions, when we go out and we help you buy a home, our work doesn't start there or end there. It actually starts there, all right? So we'll talk about that in the real estate edition only of the Ron and Don Show. We'll talk about forcing that appreciation and adding value, really, in any market. All right, we'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.